Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. Up for grabs. There's his walk-off home run. And the Yankees have come back to win it. Six to five. Oh, man, oh, man. What a blast by Judge. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. Sound the fire alarms, baby. Last episode we did with Jeff, we had the stove. It was burning. It was more than simmering. Now, sound the alarms. Aaron Judge, back. Exploded. How about nine years, Brooksy? Nine years, $360 million, $40 million. No, I did not see nine years coming. I did not. You know, just looking at how that body's going to project, uh, buddy of mine gary sheffield jr said it's going to take nine years to sign him he's going to sign a nine-year deal so that was a month ago so shout out uh sheffy jr i'm give you a shout out on that bud because you nailed that and i have i i have receipts in my uh in my text messages i have proof of him calling that so that was pretty awesome but man dude i told you i wasn't expecting nine years i feel like that's too much for We've never seen a player of this of this size uh, get this you know get late into a career. There hasn't been many guys at all that big. He's one of the biggest to ever play the game. So I'm not sure how he's going to age. This is a roll of the dice by the New York Yankees, but this is something you had to do. You had to overextend yourself, had to overpay to get that superstar for the next six years at least. Because was he'll he'll be in his prime for the next five six years, and then. You might have to eat some production at the end of that end of that career. I don't know how it's loaded, how how the money looks in the in the in the contract yet, but um, this is a good sign for baseball because I I know you're West Coast, you love West Coast, but him playing at ten ten every night is not good for the game of baseball. Hundred percent, ten ten or nine ten for a majority of the country, uh, and there's a lot of East Coast fans. Obviously, there's West Coast fans too. I'm not forgetting about you guys, but um, to have him playing at seven ten. I know that's four ten on the on the West Coast, but everybody gets to watch Aaron Judge play baseball now instead of just half the country or just a third of the country. So the game needs that. That's a great point. And to add on to that, I think a lot of the stars right now are on the West Coast. Trout, Shohei, right. Mookie Betts, uh trying to think uh Julio Soto, Soto, Tatis. Like, I didn't even get down to San Diego. Tatis, Machado, Soto, you just mentioned them. For the East Coast to retain an Aaron Judge, I think is a win for baseball, to your point. Because like you said, it's hard staying up until 10 p.m. on the East Coast to watch it Trout, and Shohei, and Julio. Hey, man, I, I have to do post-game shows for, for CBS sometimes, and it's tough doing those shows at 1.30 in the morning. Like, nobody's – the only people up watching my show is someone's cat because they left the TV on. And this is someone's cat at the end of the bed going, why is that guy talking about baseball? It's 1 a.m., you know? <laughs> It's weird. Whenever I visit the East Coast, my schedules, first of all, are just all over the place. 
But it's weird when I turn on the TV at 1 a.m. and the Laker game is still being played. It really just completely messes up. It throws you off. Yeah. Everything in my life. It, it, it goes against everything that I've lived for for 26 years of my life now. Um, I want to get to a little bit deeper dive on Aaron Judge. Wilson Contreras has agreed to a deal. Um, some minor, some, some Kenley Jansen deals, some Jose Quintana deals. Let me ask you this because I like that subject. You lived in San Diego, Boston. Uh, you now live in Florida. What do you prefer? You grew up in Texas. What do you prefer time-wise? East Coast time, Central time, Pacific time? Um, I like Central just Why? for that reason. You're Central. I feel like you, you're you not as far ahead of everyone. You know, you're one hour back from – I don't know. It just felt right. And plus, like you said, I grew up on that time. I don't. If I have to pick between West and East, I like East. I don't like doing things when everybody's asleep. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up this, when I woke up this morning, I get up at a pretty normal time, you know, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, and Judge Deal was already broken. Yeah, that was 8.30 East Coast. It was 5.30 your time that it broke. Yeah, I, I woke up to a text from you saying, hey, we need to jump on a pod. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're like wiping the sleep out of your eyes. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I didn't get the text from Aaron as I was expecting. What about Aaron? Arson? Aaron, Arson normally hits me up via text. <laughs> hey, I have to throw this out there because Tom Ferducci said this earlier and I thought this was amazing. Uh, speaking about Aaron Judge and his size and how he's going to project the rest of his career into his late 30s, this was a really cool stat by Ver- Verducci. Uh, 54 players have played in Major League Baseball and they've weighed 270 pounds or more. Aaron Judge is 282 pounds. Only one player has hit a home run age thir- one of those players that was 270 pounds or more has hit a home run from age 37 or older bartolo cologne <laughs> how awesome is that how do you even come up with that i don't know but i'm glad he did because it made my day that was like the stat of the day 54 players in the history of baseball have been 270 pounds or more only one of those players has hit a home run at age 37 or later, and it's Bartolo Colon. You tell me Prince Fielder never hit a home run past age 37. He retired kind of early, remember? Now I gotta look it up. I don't I don't believe it. Oh my god, Prince Fielder retired at 32? Yeah, man. He was having health issues. I'm trying to think of some other ch- chunky dogs. Richie Sexton had to have been up there in weight because he was like 6'10", but... Oh, Matt Stairs. How how big was Matt Stairs? Nah, I don't think he was 270. He was only like 6'1". I'm not saying you're incorrect. It's just still blowing my mind. I'm trying to wrap my head around. Obviously, it's not me. It's Tom Berducci, and I, I trust I him more than I trust myself. Well, Tom's very reliable. I'm just shocked at that stat. Isn't that amazing? That's good. That's the reaction I wanted. Matt Stairs... I would say Matt Sayers is like 255. He was only 200 pounds, according to baseball reference. That's got to be like, that's got to be his rookie year. There's no possible way. No, I'd say he was like, how tall? Six one? Six foot is what they have him listed as. Six foot. I would say he was six foot, probably 235, 240. He was a big boy. He's a big boy. Big, big boy. Uh, anyways, whatever. That's that's cool. Let's go back to Judge. I think there's one um, great stat. That's amazing, right? So, but um, for the New York Yankees, um, 
it doesn't matter if your dog barks. I got kids screaming. I got dogs barking. I got all kinds of noises coming out of my house right now. That's just the beauty of the Wake and Break pod is it's raw. We've never done a podcast when the gardeners are outside. It is the worst possible time for Danny Vietti to jump on a podcast. You know what? First, first world problems, man. You got people out there cleaning your yard for you. Amen. And how old are you? 25? 26, baby. 26. 26? Yeah, I think you are doing all right, bud. You got yeah. you got people cleaning your yard for you, cutting your grass. Yeah. I make right. about three hundred and sixty million dollars less than Aaron Judge, though. Man, his great 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 grandchildren just got rich. And that, like, think about that. Like, if he handles his money right, which I'm sure he will, because he seems like that kind of guy who's going to be smart about it. I mean, it's hard to blow three hundred sixty million dollars mm-hmm. unless you just start buying buying planes, which I, he won't. Um, like his family is set for like the next hundred years you know i had so many friends that were texting me throughout the process trying to get inside scoops and after me saying i don't know about a thousand times basically i broke it down even when the news broke i was like guys this is what i said all along nobody knows nobody knew where aaron judge was going because nobody knew if he preferred new york or san francisco when you look now san francisco had a nine-year, $360 million deal on the table for Judge. That's according to multiple reports. The Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner said, go ahead and go and match it. He he told Cashman, match that nine-year, 360. Let's get him back to New York. That's kind of supports my point. Nobody knew if he preferred Northern California or New York. Supposedly, there were a couple offers that were... Reportedly, according to uh, John Heyman... uh, San Diego offered 10 years, 400. Same AAV, one extra year. Wow, that depends yeah. on if they offered Aaron or Arson, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Heyman also reported that Trey Turner was offered a larger deal from San Diego. Trey Turner opted to go to Philly. Well, so I mean, Cali Tax is paying to that, dude. Like, Cali Tax is playing to that. Now, New York's not yeah. great, but they're not as bad as uh, as Cali. Yeah. So that, that could be a part of it, too. Like, he's going to pocket more money in new york than he will in california but my point is is like it's as simple as aaron judge we didn't know where he preferred to play baseball it wasn't going to obviously, gonna obviously he wants the pinstripes he does he wants to be a, he wants to retire in pinstripes and he should and because you know in my i told i told my dad my dad texts me did you see the darren, darren judge deal i'm like no dad no idea you know really it's no it's way. my job but um He's like, man, I really thought he was going to leave. And I was like, man, here's the deal. Like New York, everybody I've talked to, obviously I've played against New York a ton, but everybody I know that's played there and has played other places, nothing compares to being a New York Yankee as far as your food, your flights, your your bus rides, your everything is first class. Everything. Because it's the New York Yankees. It's been that way since the 30s. They've been the best, the richest, the richest. They've done everything the best since forever is what it feels like in baseball and um once you're there and if you're a superstar there and you can handle the heat there you don't leave you don't leave and that's not a knock at the dodgers or the mets or the or the red Sox. it's it's just how it is new york is first class everything at the way they treat their players the way they treat the the families of the players the coaching staff the, anybody that works for them, they're treated like royalty. Now, if you're Aaron Judge, you're you're beyond royalty now. Like you're getting a C on that jersey, and and you're gonna be, uh, go down as probably one of the greatest Yankees to ever live, if he's healthy. 
because if he's healthy, we know what he's going to do, especially in that in that stadium in that division. Because the ball flies at Fenway to left, uh, the ball flies at Camden to right center, where he likes to live. Um, not as much to left since they moved the fence back seventy feet, but um, that's a division that he's going to continue to pummel baseballs. And something else, I know you, I'm, I'm rambling, but something else I want to look at is they're going to. They need to continue to build around him. Harrison Bader is a leadoff guy. Great. He's going to get on base. A healthy DJ LeMayhew, he was getting on base at over a 400 clip before he got hurt last year, and then he played for three weeks hurt and was terrible because his toe or his foot or whatever was going on. Um, but with him healthy, that he hits right before Judge in the lineup. That's a guy that's on base almost 50% of the time or 40% of the time, excuse me. Like Guys are going to be on base from him. He's gonna run into forty home runs a year, third at least thirty. They were you know the best I mean? team. They were the best team in the league halfway through the year. People forget, right? That. Right, and then injuries kind of crushed them, you know. And that's and Aaron still he still produced and he still carried that team when he was the only guy that the team had their opposing teams had to circle and say we just can't let him beat us. But if they made a mistake over the plate, he hurt them because it was like Barry Bonds last year. Yeah. Now is he gonna go out and hit sixty home runs every year? Probably not. That's not. It's not realistic. But it is very realistic to be a 50 home, 45, 50 home run threat every year if he's on the game for on the field for 140 games. And I think that's realistic. To respond to your point about being a Yankee and how it's upper class, I will say this. It's not for everyone, though. You know what I mean? Like not everybody no, not. falls under that elite. I, I hate saying elite. Look, I, I don't like I'll, I'll put this on. I'll, I'll say what you're trying to say. There's only certain players that can play in those markets, and that's exactly why the Boston Red Sox need to lock down Xander Bogarts. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, Carlos Correa is great. He's gritty. He plays hard. He puts up – but if you bring him in, he might be really uncomfortable at Boston. I don't think so. I think he would be okay. I think he has that mentality where he'd be fine. But it's not proven. So why are you going to give him $300 million if he's not proven? Xander Bogarts is proven, and you can probably get it done with 220. So it's like – and you look at the numbers the last few years, war, this, that, OPS, Bogarts is better. Now, I think the upside for Correa is a lot higher, so that's why his numbers and the projections are this and that, and he's going to get $300 million thanks to Mr. Turner. And you're going to have some teams fighting over Correa, and that's going to send his numbers to the moon as well because that, he's going to get an extra $40 million probably because teams are just – it's a bidding war. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why if I'm Xander Bogarts, I'm waiting because I'm going to say, look what he got – now compare our numbers the last four years. Oh, I'm just as good. Pay me my money. And that's the last thing the Boston Red Sox want. Now, if they haven't made a, a realistic offer to him yet, that's on them. They should have tried to get this done before any other shortstop signed and set a market and set a baseline for Xander Bogarts to say, hey, I'm actually worth more than I thought. Pete Abe reported that there is, quote, momentum between Boston and Xander Bogarts. Are you hearing anything? Like on your side, among, among your peers? I texted with Xander today. I will not be that guy in the media who was an ex-player and be like, hey, man, what's up? Where are you going? What's going I just, I texted him and was like, hey, man, just thinking about you. These are crazy times. I'm so happy for you, though, because you're going to get broke off and you're going to be playing somewhere for a long time and the game needs guys like you. And it was just more of like a pump up, like, here, if you need me, I know this is crazy. Like, 
I, I, I'm, I will not pry on those guys because I, if I try to, if I do something that breaks that trust, I'm only going into my second year working for the Red Sox. Then I lose those guys. And those, they're my friends too. Like it's, it's beyond work for me. So I, I will never be like, what do you got? Give me some Intel. Let me be, let me break the news. Let me, you know, I will never be that guy can because you, they have enough people in their ear like that. Can you share anything that you've heard among non-player peers? Is there anything that you know that we? I don't? have heard that there is a major, major worry that he's going to cost more than what the Red Sox are willing to pay. Okay, and a lot of that's based off of the rest of the market and what we're seeing other guys get, and the timing of everything. Jeff Passon told us on the last episode, Correa is going to get three hundred. He's going to match Trey Turner, which all see, the- I originally oh. didn't. I thought Correa get around two fifty, but, and I also had Trey Turner getting like two eighty. So that first domino falls, and then as soon as that second one falls, the third and fourth are going to be falling a lot higher. Even Dansby's probably going to make more than we thought he was going to make. I thought he was going to sign like Trevor Story money. I thought that's what he was worth, you know. Uh, but he he's going to get he's going to probably get closer to like one eighty. What do you think of this idea? Los Angeles needs a shortstop. They also need a center fielder. They also have Mookie Betts already sitting in right field. What if Xander Bogarts goes to the Dodgers, joins up with Mookie, and then not as a starting center fielder, more of a fourth outfielder, they pick up Jackie Bradley Jr., who is also available, and you have Jackie Bradley Jr., Xander Bogarts, and Mookie Betts back together playing. See, the Dodgers have been eerily quiet, so I'm just waiting for a bond to be dropped because we know the money's there. The funds are there. So – I no one's talking about this, but why not Carlos Carlos Correa to the Dodgers? I tweeted this earlier, like four hours ago. I was like, I feel like Correa to the Dodgers is a, is going to be a thing, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, No, you're nuts. No way. No one's even talking about that. They're they've been real quiet, and they got to do something. Yeah, nobody's talking about it until it happens. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I I feel like that might be a spot where we see him. We're we're here in Minnesota. We're Hearing the regular the, the regular suitors for for Correa, but I, why not the Dodgers? They had the money. Yeah. So how's this? Instead of so, let's say the Red Sox don't sign. And for you guys listening, we have zero structure. We're just blabbering, talking ball right now because it's that's what a podcast is, and it's our podcast, and we can do whatever we want. So suck it. If let's say hypothetically speaking, let's say the Boston Red Sox do not sign Xander Bogarts which would break my Red Sox heart um, because he was too expensive. Why not go after Dansby Swanson then? Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise you're going to have either a prospect, you're going to have to bump up and get to the big leagues earlier to play second base, or you're going to end up with Trevor Story at shortstop who could have injury concerns. He does have that elbow that he does pass with. I don't know how his arm's going to be at shortstop. And then you're going to end up with like a Gene Segura at second base, which I don't hate. I like Segura a lot. But I would much rather have Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story up the middle. And then you have a young superstar in Tristan Casas, safety valve of, of Eric Hosmer, if something happens with Casas, and then Rafael Devers at third base. Like, that's a really – like, that's an elite infield. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an elite infield if Casas ends up being what I think he's going to be. But that's like four spots that are like – possible all-stars three three for sure i don't we don't know there's not enough on on casas yet but three all-stars when healthy in my opinion 
there's a serious drop off after Dansby. So you got Correa, Bogart, Swanson out there right now. After that, you're looking at guys like Elvis Andrus. You mentioned that Trevor Story can bump over to shortstop. If that is the case, you mentioned Gene Segura, Adam Frazier, Josh Harrison, Cesar Hernandez. Those are all second basemen that are available. My point is, is after Correa, Bogart, Swanson, whether you want to replace someone at second or short, serious drop off. Yeah. You, you go from all-star elite player to a bit of a flip of a coin, you know, less consistency there. Um, one more point I want to make about the Yankees and Aaron Judge before we talk about some of these other signings. Here's the weird thing about the Yankees, though, is that they spent all this time and money and energy. They put everything on the table for an Aaron Judge, and they, they did. They were able to lock him down, and I think they needed to lock down Aaron Judge. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, locking down Aaron Judge is not enough because they still got swept by Houston with Aaron Judge a month and a half ago, two months ago. So you spend all these resources into Aaron Judge. Now you're looking at your roster. Now you're thinking, what now? Because they did their part by retaining Aaron Judge. That's what you got to do. But you mm-hmm. cannot stop right now. You have to be aggressive. The Houston Astros just went and signed 2020 MVP Jose Abreu. Their their they lineup still looks good to me. They lost Verlander, but you see Christian Javier in the playoffs last year? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the Yankees lineup looks good. I feel like the only void is a shortstop, and they're thinking that they can fill that void with Volpe or right. uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, or which they they very well could. Uh, but I also don't know what you're going to continue to get out of Josh Donaldson. You know, he's getting towards the end of his career. He's a leader in the clubhouse. This and that. I get it, but um, you got to produce, man. It's New York. You're in the AL East. Um going to have really high expectations after how you played last year and now that you locked up Aaron Judge it's World Series or bust every year in New York so I I'm that's curious what they do at the shortstop like, position there's still question marks with this team it's that, that's my whole point it's like great job Yankees went and got Aaron Judge you fulfilled that destiny well then they're now gonna need, they need to go get another arm like a, a starter because because oh yeah they do well, I mean Tayon's gone well I'm looking at I'm thinking about the rotation their their top three are good, like mm-hmm. they their top three have an opportunity to be really good. Cole, Severino, and Nestor. Yep, like those are those are good, man. They have Frankie too for another year. Frankie, Montas. <clears throat> sorry, they got Frank. They I know Frankie Montas. Yeah, but he he's been so inconsistent, man. He was since he went to New York, no doubt. But, but he was also having some injury issues. So mm-hmm. let's say he gets healthy and, and gets back to form. He he's a strikeout guy. So. Um, the well, last thing you want in New York is the ball in the air. So that lineup doesn't scare me. I'm looking at it right now. Once you have Judge Rizzo Stanton, those are your, you know, your three monsters. Yeah. They're that, the, do you know they're the first team with three three hundred million dollar contracts on one team? Yeah. Ever. Cole, Stanton, and Judge. Yeah, those three yeah. guys are making over a hundred and ten million dollars, I think, next year in salary. Yeah. But they're, they're elite talent. I mean, if, if Gene Carlo is healthy, he hits 35, 40 homers. I mean, after those three guys, Josh Donaldson, we'll see. Oswaldo Cabrera looks promising. Harrison Bader, good defensive player. You're, you're asking maybe Oz, Peraza or Volpe. We have no idea what they're going to be. Uh, Isaiah Kenner-Falefa, limited. I, I look at this lineup, man, and I'd see Houston as the much, much better team. Yeah. 
I just think that like that's great. You got judged. You're not even close to where you need to be, though. Well, like, that's here's the thing. Of- this is what people don't realize. Just by locking up Judge, they didn't get better. They stayed the same. That's my whole point. You, yeah. Thank you for encompassing that. I think I was just talking in circles there. Yeah, no, no. I, no, you're right. They're they're the same team, but that was also a team that offensively was one of the best teams we'd seen in a long time last year for a while. A lot of that had to do with the season Aaron Judge was having. But, I mean, this the team was re- – the offense was really good last year for a part of the year. Um, but they also pitched really well, too. That, that got them out of a lot of jams. And they just had that that month and a half period, that forty games, where people were hurt and they were terrible. Yeah. So, this is a team that has a lot barring on injury. If they're if they're healthy, they're very good. Um, I want to see what goes on in the back end of their bullpen. What's going on with Zach Britton? I know he was hurt. What's they his signed, contract? Like I don't know brought, his contract. They brought uh, back Chapman's, Chapman's dead. Right, right. Like they brought back Tommy Canley, who was great for him. Here. I like that because he's coming. He's coming off Tommy John. I mean, Britain was expected to come back. Yes, he was expected. He tried. He tried to make a couple uh, outings before the postseason, and and it's he was still hurting. So, um, Canley's a good sign. I think he's really good. He was in L.A. right rehabbing from Tommy John, and then he played a little bit late late in the year. I think. Yeah, and then Britain's free agent. So, I mean, oh, he's a free agent too. Okay, I didn't. I didn't they have some him. young guys like that Weiser guy. Um, he's yeah, they got from Chicago. Yeah. He's filthy. Um. Who's a, who's a lefty from Chicago? They got Efros. Um, yes, Efros. He's a good lefty. So they have he's guys. A righty. Not... He's a righty. Efros is a righty. Why am I? Why did I think he was a? Lefty? Are you thinking right. of the the lefties that they have in their bullpen? Is this is according to Fangrass? Is Wandy Peralta? Wandy Peralta, right. who's astonishingly good looking, according to Jose Trevino. Which makes no sense. He's and, the ugliest guy in the league. And Lucas Lukey. Ah, oh, Lukey. That's right. That's why I was. That's why I was picturing in my head. Okay. Afros has got the big slider though. Yes, that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, yeah. Underrated pickup at the deadline, no doubt. Yeah, no, he's good. Um, so they have guys. They just don't have guys that are like super proven yet. But they have guys with stuff. They got a ways to go. Don't you don't make the roster. You don't make the New York Yankees roster unless you're good, in my opinion. But did, hey, did you did you ever get any sort of interest from New York when you were a player? No. No, never once. Never. I got a lot from the Angels when one of the front office guys from the Yankees, what was his name, went over. Oh, Billy Epler. Oh, yeah. Okay. He went over to the Angels, but he was in in New York a ton when I was in Boston, and he 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 tried to sign me my last couple years, but we could never agree on stuff. Yeah. And they they had like Rendon and stuff, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. We can move on. The next big domino to fall was Wilson Contreras on Wednesday morning slash afternoon. He's getting $87.5 million, five years, to be the replacement for Yadier Molina in St. Louis. The fact that the Cubs didn't trade Wilson Contreras at the deadline is joke. even more magnified. That's now. a miss. Yeah, it's more magnified because you got to look at them 19 times. Or how, how many times they play them now? I know the schedule's a little different now. Uh, it used to be night. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you got to see them a lot. A lot. So you don't trade Wilson Contreras. Trade, dude. Trade Contreras for a lunch, a twenty dollars. Anything, anything. And I don't want to. If it was, it was in hopes of re-signing him. Is what it was. And you keep that, you know, supplemental draft pick too. Right. They so normally when guys aren't traded in that situation, it's not because they don't think they can get what they want. 
it's because they want to re-sign them. And most of the time, if guys leave, you ain't coming back. Yeah. Because they're like, you traded me. Like, I'm not coming back. Or like, the grass is greener. Like, I went over there and I was, it was better. Their their post game spread was better. Their their airplane's nicer. I like seriously, like little things like that. Like, oh man. Like it's like if you've been dating your high school sweetheart your whole life, and then you're finally single and like find somebody else when you're like 30. You're like, oh shit. I had no idea what was out here. You know what I mean? So it's like that might be a terrible analogy, but I think you get the drift. You get the drift. Well, here's another thing, too, is I know for a fact that the San Diego Padres were interested in Wilson Contreras at the deadline last year. Let's say you ship him off to San Diego last year. He's still going to hit free agency, but maybe he likes life. But he's not in your division. He's not (laughs) in St. Louis. Now he's signing with St. Louis, who is your biggest rival. And he's staring you in the face. And the Cardinals. I guarantee, I guarantee he has a couple knocks this year to beat the Cubs. Sure. Sure. Because he's an emotional player and he is going to be so fired up to beat their ass for not bringing him back. Chicago is supposedly wanting to make some moves. I, I mean, I, I still think Correa has got a chance to go there, but I, I feel like if he gets a similar offer from Chicago or the Dodgers, he's a better fit in LA, in my opinion. Like his personality, his, his, uh, the way he plays the game. Then that's not a knock on Chicago. I just, they, if Chicago brings in Carlos Correa, they're not all of a sudden a contender. Mm-hmm. Like the Dodgers would be. Right? No, the Dodgers are going to be. They are what, that, that's the thing about baseball, man. We just talked about Judge. It's like, yeah, you go sign Judge, you still need more. Okay. If Dude, you're, you're not going to sign an eight year deal somewhere unless you know you're going to win and you're going to win soon. You don't want to go rot for six years and pray like that you get a win later on. Like the Cubs haven't shown anything yet to say we're back. The Rangers went out and spent, what was it, $600 million on yeah. Simeon, John Gray, and Corey Seager last offseason. They still finished 20 games under 500. Right. Because so, you, it's a, it's because there's nine players on the field. Like it takes a lot. You can't have two superstars and expect to win. Even right now they're not going to win. They're not going to they might not even finish second in that division. They still need more and they but but they have such a good base now with DeGrom with with Seager. Like with all these big, Huh? Andrew Heaney was a nice pick. I love that. And I was hoping the Red Sox signed him. Mm-hmm. I said that at the end of the season. I was like, man, he's going to be a good sign. He's going to be like 12 a year, two years, 25. There it was. And I was just hoping the Red Sox would pick him up because I would love to say James Paxton is going to come back after this really cheap contract, he he, he this player option he picked up, uh, and he's going to be really good, which he could be. I hope so. I really hope Chris Sale is a somebody who doesn't get hurt every time he steps on the baseball field. Because if those two guys are healthy, all of a sudden the Boston Red Sox are are relevant and they're really good. And the rest of the rotation can breathe because there's two studs. But who knows? Like, who knows? Can't make them. Either. Just to add on to Texas, don't forget Jack Leiter is finished in double-A last year. He could be part of that rotation next year. Rocker. Umar Rocker. I mean. No, they have some guys coming. Probably- who knows what they'll be, but I, I know the question marks regarding Texas is starting rotation, pitching, depth. Yeah. But no, I think like I think those guys will be good, but I mean I don't know if they're gonna be superstars like we all think. I mean, the the MLB uh tends to be a little better than the SEC. So we'll see. You know where the Yankees could really improve themselves is if they truly are in on Carlos Rodon. Reportedly they are discussing it. Of course so. they are. 
two more to add, and then we can wrap things up here. What do you think of Aldemus Diaz being the highest paid Oakland athletic? Uh, I'm not surprised. How much are you making? Two years, $14 million. That's a blockbuster in Oakland, my friend. Good Lord. Their stadium's not even worth $14 million. Did you know that Oakland? I've <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, I looked at spot track, and I understand contracts, arbitration, et cetera. This is going to change. But right now, spot track has the Oakland A's payroll currently at zero dollars zero uh, donut hole zero dollars right now so in other words if the oakland a's decided to sell their team right now it, it, it it's not gonna happen if they sold their team sold their franchise sold everything they would owe zero dollars to their players right now what, what does xander say he's got tech oh can you share it's all right brooksy just got a tech he's showing me on screen right now brooksy just got a text from xander bogart's and uh, you, you tell me if you can share it with us or not. Uh, no, I wasn't anything. I was just asking. What it, it had nothing to do with baseball. He was responding to something else. Like, asked how the girls were doing and stuff. Nothing. Nothing good. You're smirking a little bit. No, no, no. It, he's not going to tell me anything. I crossed over to the dark side, bro. The media? The media. Mm. You want to hit on Kenley Jansen before we tie things up here? Yeah. I like it. And a lot of people are super negative online about it. Like, oh, he's old. He's trash. Bro, he has had, let's see, 79 saves in the last two years. <laughs> Excuse me. He had 41 saves last year. He's just not the high strikeout guy that everyone thinks a closer should be. Look, all you got to do is miss barrels. He led the league in saves, by the way. I know. <laughs> 41. 41. And he had 38 the year before. Saves are not as valued as they once were because we all know it's not about the. Oh, state. really? Because blown saves you get yelled at about. Whatever fits the name. And the Red Sox had about 20 of them last year. Yeah. All right. Let's say they only blow f seven of those. We're looking at them being a borderline playoff team. Kinley, I get it. Kinley's kind of a heart attack guy out there sometimes. He'll walk the bases loaded and then get a ground ball double play to end it. Yeah. But, but 41 saves is 41 saves. The year before, 2021, 38 saves, 79 saves in two seasons. You can't bullshit that. You can't just be like, oh, he got lucky. You know what? I have numbers. Hold on. I have numbers to since, back this up. No, 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 no. Right. Right. Let's see. Where did my numbers go? You can cut this. You're good. Don't forget. I'm just trying to find my tweet. I'll forget. I want to keep it in just for fun. I don't care. I like awkward silences on podcasts. Take that. Okay. So I mean, I have I have I have stats to back this up. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like about Kenley Jansen in a Red Sox uniform. I do. Call me positive, Pete. I I don't care. Um, let's see. Jansen's strikeout rate was 93rd percentile last season, so it actually was decent. Um, uh, he was 30, 90, he was, excuse me. He was 93rd percentile for opponents expected slugging 97th percentile for expected ERA and 98th for opponents expected, expected average. I know it's expected, but that's a, that, that, that can tell you a lot about someone like can tell you like 
if your expected ERA is much lower than your regular ERA, it means you had some bad luck. But should have been outs, should have been this and that, whatever, errors, this and that, whatever. Um, that looks good for a 35-year-old. I know he's 35. I know he doesn't throw 96 with massive cutter anymore, but he can pitch, and he's a winner, and he's been, he's been on winning teams. He's going to be good for a team that really didn't have an identity, especially on the back end of the bullpen last year, as a closer. This guy's been a closer. He's got 399 career saves, dude. That's a shit ton. Like, he's had over 30 saves, like, so many times in his career. So, I don't want to hear he's old, he's washed. He led the league in saves last year. We're just not throwing 103 um, like we're used to seeing blowing guys' doors off. Who cares? I don't care if he strikes out a guy as long as he gets him out. And if Xander Bogarts is back and Trevor Story's playing second base, Rafael Devers at third, you have a really good infield. So, let him hit the ball on the ground. I think he's going to be really good. They, they, they. Jolie Rodriguez, lefty, they brought in Chris Martin, who throws strikes. He hardly walks anybody. He's going to be in seventh inning, probably, maybe eighth. Kenley to throw it down. You're going to have Tanner Halk up there. Garrett Whitlock now can be a starter. And last year, like, oh, I need a bullpen or starter, this and that. He's not a good starter. Listen, you know why he wasn't a good starter last year? He started the year in the bullpen. Then they're like, oh, dude, we have injuries. We need you to start. You know how hard it, you know as a pitcher, if you're a bullpen guy and then you have to go be a starter and then you go back to the bullpen, no wonder he got hurt. The snowball effect. Snowball, dude. And now he has a full, he had a hip surgery done, arthroscopic. He had to clean up. He's feeling good. Talk to him. Now he has a full off season to prepare to be a starter. The stuff doesn't just disappear because you're you pitching the first inning through the fifth inning instead of coming out and pitching the seventh and eighth. Your stuff is the same. Your stuff is your stuff. His velo was the same when he was a starter and when he was in the bullpen. That has nothing to do with it. Mentality is a big part of being a starting pitcher and being in the bullpen. So if you're going back and forth, it's really hard to figure out, like, who am I? How do I get ramped up for this when I, oh, well, oh, never mind. Now I'm going to have to wait for three hours before I pitch. Or it's just a completely different men mentality, not to mention the physical side of it where you have to ramp yourself up, build yourself up to be able to throw 100 pitches every five days. So, sorry, I'm ranting. You know your Red Sox, don't you? Oh, I'm passionate about it, man. I love it. I don't know. I'll I, 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 I think they made – the Red Sox bullpen was a fucking disaster last year. There were some great dudes out there, and they they still have Matt Strom left. He just signed with the uh, Phillies, I believe. Yep. He was a good lefty. He left. Uh, but they replaced him with Jolie Rodriguez, who's been nasty. I played with him in AAA with the Rangers. Really good stuff. Nasty. Um, Matt Barnes figured it out after the All-Star break. Matt Barnes has looked like himself again the last two months of the season. Um, I don't know what we're going to get from Ryan Brazier. Like, when he was on, he was really, really good. When he was off, he was really bad so there's some arms out there there's some young guys you don't really know yet that have some good stuff and i think garrett whitlock can be a good hopefully probably a number four starter i don't know maybe number three i don't know well how this is going to shake out with the health of guys the red sox and they need to go get another starting pitcher i'll tie a bow on it kenley if you're worried about if kenny still strike batters out at an elite rate this last year, he had a 12.00 strikeout per nine. That is the highest since his 2016 season when he struck out 14 batters per nine. He was an all-star. He actually finished fifth in Cy Young that year in 20, excuse me, 2017. 
and that was when he was an all-star. Yeah. And I'm not I'm I'm discounting 2020 because that wasn't a full season. 12 strikeouts per nine, that is the highest since 2017 when he was the best closer in right. baseball that and year. And I, I don't worry about his velocity. Everybody throws hard now. If you throw hard, you you just blend in with everyone else. Throw that cutter at 93. Miss Barrels. You're gonna get outs. I have one more stat I want to throw in there on, on Jansen. I I found. Um, so if you look at hits allowed per nine innings pitch over the last 100 seasons, minimum. 750 innings pitched. Henley Jansen is number one, 5.8 hits per nine inning. Number two, Billy Wagner, to put it in perspective. Kinley's number one. Nolan Ryan's number six. Okay. Doc can pitch. Yes. Everything doesn't last forever. He's not going to have good stuff forever. He's 35 years old. I get that. There's going to be a little bit of decline there. If a velo goes down, as long as he's spotting up that cutter, he's going to be just fine. There's something I've faced him, dude. There's something about how the ball comes out of his hand. You don't pick it up well. It almost feels like a rising cutter is what it feels like. It feels like it does this. Not not a, like a regular little cutter like that. It looks like it goes up and away. It's something weird of how tall he is, how he releases the ball. I don't know what it is, but even if he's throwing at 89, it's hard to hit it. I think he spins it really well. I don't know. I have to look at his like spin rates and all that, but it's really hard to hit him. So I have faith that he's going to be really good for the Boston Red Sox. I think that's a great sign by Bloom. We didn't have time to discuss the Mitch Haniger signing with San Francisco. That's okay. We got a lot more episodes because guys, I, I know Judge just signed and that was the big domino and everybody was waiting for it, but we're just getting started. You mentioned a Dodger can need to fill a shortstop position and center field position. Brandon Nimmo, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts, there are so many more big bats, starters, Carlos Rodon, that are still available. It, we're just getting started. I, I need to I need to look at the war, but uh, between if you have Cody Bellinger in center field or just put no one out there. We didn't talk about Belly with the Cubs. Good for him. I hope he figures it out. But, I mean, he's got to figure out his batting stance. It was different every game. He's so uncomfortable at the plate. But hope he figures it out. I like Belly. A lot more to discuss. We'll be with you along the way. Wake and Rick Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out, people. Peace.